0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more
2: at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com.
1: Well, hello. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer, and it is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, and this is our 377th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a very impressive chef, restaurateur, and author who is based in Copenhagen, Denmark, and I will introduce him fully in a moment. But first, as I do in every show, I will start with my PR tip, and then later I have my interview and a speed round game, and I'll close out with a solo dining experience. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to know that inspiration must be your own personal thing. Now, this advice comes from my guest today, who is Christian F. Puglisi of based in Copenhagen, Denmark, and he's a contributor to my ChefWise book. And in the inspiration chapter, here's what he said. Chefs come in many different flavors, and where you find inspiration must be very much your own personal thing. Being inspired is what makes you excited about what you want to create or discover, and there is no set recipe for that obviously. Cooking is universal, or at least eating is. So it is within reach for all of us to have personal experiences that can inform or inspire our cooking. It can be in the good or the bad. Childhood memories of a grandmother's fantastic cooking can be just as powerful, a source of inspiration, as the very opposite. But when cooking creatively, You need to be able to create some links that might not seem obvious to anyone but you. So bringing in inspiration or ideas from areas that are entirely your own might create something truly unique. So those are words of wisdom from Christian. Find your own personal inspiration. That's my tip today. Okay, so I'm super excited about my guest today, who, as I mentioned, is Christian F. The F stands for Francesco, and he is the chef and founder of the acclaimed restaurants Relay, Manfred's, Baste, and Maribel, all in Copenhagen, Denmark. And he's currently operating Baste, which is an organic restaurant mad about raw milk cheeses, artisanal butchery, and award-winning pizza, and Maribel Spiceria a kitchen that fuses Danish and Mediterranean gastronomy. And this interview was actually done on location at Maribel Spiceria as I was in Copenhagen and I was able to set up this interview with Christian and you're going to be hearing our in-person conversation that took place about six weeks ago. Christian's former restaurant, Relay, was awarded a Bib Gourmand in 2011, followed by a Michelin star in 2012, and was on the world's 50 best list for numerous years. And I dined there several years ago when I was in Copenhagen, which I'm super fortunate that I got to experience. And in 2014, Christian published his first book, Relais, A Book of Ideas, and in 2016, he founded Farm of Ideas. Now, Christian, as I mentioned, is a contributor to my new book, Chef Wise: Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World by Fiden, which came out in the spring last year. Super thrilled that he's a part of it. And I was on a recent solo trip to Copenhagen in the middle of December. And this was my third time there, my first time in winter. So it was pretty chilly, but festive. There were a lot of markets with the holiday season. And so the spirit was alive in Copenhagen. I had been in Copenhagen in 2017. In 2018, I was there for the MAD conference. So I went two years in a row and it was great to be back. And all of my trips there have been solo. So we sat down at his restaurant, Maribel Spiceria, which was formerly Maribel, a bakery. um, And I had visited there on a past trip. Uh, So it was nice to see how he's changed things up. And we talk about his book and my book and his career. So we jump into this conversation as we're talking about his book. So that's where it's going to begin and kind of work backwards a little bit into hearing more about his background. I truly enjoyed chatting with him. There is a little background noise from other guests that were at his restaurant. So you might hear a little of that in the background, but I don't think it's going to be. A disturbance to our conversation. As I said, we're going to start out and he's going to be talking about his book, Relay, A Book of Ideas. Hope you enjoy.
3: When you go into a dish, because I've always, when I had cookbooks, I always, I don't start from one end, no? So I just go and yeah. see what's going on. Okay. Okay. Then I go and I see a dish. And then what I wanted to do was to give an explanation of the dishes, because I think that the idea behind the dish is more interesting than a recipe, particularly to begin with, how you make the recipe and how you technically make this work,
1: yeah,
3: I think is of interest to minimal amount of people, while what is going on here is more interesting. And in the the chef's word, I think it's it's very useful. Why did you make this dish and how, right? Yeah. So I write. I wrote an essay on all the dishes, oh, this is, and then I found some more like. Essential ideas behind that we're connecting to all more than a handful of dishes, right? So then I, I put those ideas here as titles. So then, you if you see water, okay, mm-hmm. this has something to do with water and it's it's pink. And I go ah,
1: okay, so that's the chaps. Got and it. And I go here,
3: and I can find water. And then water, there's a whole essay about what water is about.
1: Oh, that's cool. I've never seen I a have, book. Uh, designed that way there is no books this way yeah and then this original. this is
3: uh, uh well this water is a bit uh, cheating because it's in all the dishes not but if i go in another one wine then i have all the dishes where it's involved so then i can go to 322 and see okay there's another dish that somehow reflects these ideas it's here and i can find another one so i can go back and forth and connect all these ideas and, and then in the middle somewhere I have. The book is ten years old.
1: That's amazing. I've, as I said, never seen a book designed like that. And yeah, yeah, it's almost. I mean, anyone can use it, but it's like a chef's chef book. Yeah. You know.
3: You see, they're all connected here. All the ideas and all the dishes.
1: Wow. (laughs) Neat. How long did it take you to work on this? Put this together? A yeah. couple of years? Yeah. yeah, one year. One year. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's impressive because I. But feel- also because
3: all the dishes were there. Yeah. That's the difference. Like, to me, it was like, okay, I want to do a book. Okay, so how do I approach this? Um, I need to sit down and think about why the dishes that I've done are in the way that they're done. And then I started to to put them up in a spreadsheet. I put all the the dishes there, and then. I made several columns where I would put um what I found was okay there's there's an idea here that kind of is recurring so I put it there I put it there and then I made this whole big sheet
2: mm-hmm.
3: and then I started to say okay well this dish does not really it doesn't really encapsulate much of these ideas so it's not going to go in and but this dish does and it has these ideas so another and then I just built this 60 I think 66 recipes, like this. well, dishes. And then um, I started to work on the essays behind it.
1: So, yeah.
3: yeah. It was a lot of work, a lot of work. That's it, why I haven't done another one.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, well, now that I've done a book, my appreciation for books, of yeah. course, has increased. And my book, I mean, I wrote all the intros and put it together, made it, yeah. into, made yeah. it into a book, but I, you know, it was more relying on you yeah. and the chefs to... Yeah. To provide their advice, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I got a lot of amazing advice. Um, so, but yeah, what your second book? If you do another book, what would it be?
3: Well, I have several ideas, but uh, the first one, um, the most obvious one now, would be to to uh, because based is going to be ten years next year.
1: Amazing! I dine there, so I've been in Copenhagen. This is my third time here. I came in 2017, 18. Came back because mm-hmm. I went to Madden in 18, and I dined. Forgetting which year I did, but I've been to Base and I went to Relay.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a wonderful meal at both, and I came here at Maribel. So,
3: but it's going to be 10 years next year.
1: That's amazing.
3: And to me, I would like to. I'd like to write a book about it. But to me, again, uh, what should it be about? Okay. Should you write a cookbook about charcuterie? It's like, there's plenty of charcuterie books out there, and there's probably people better making charcuterie than we are. Uh, should it be about uh, pizza? or f- like, are your pizza is
1: pretty, pretty, know, pretty good. But it's not the recipe that does it. <laughs> it's not
3: the recipe that does it. You know I mean, like it's the,
1: the love. Well, it's, it's the,
3: the water, the, the whole complexity behind it. You know? mm-hmm. The whole, the, yeah. all the elements that that constitutes it, which is not the recipe. I think the recipe is just this flower and this and this and this. It's, I think it's just such a basic uh, thing, it's such a small part of it. And for me, writing what's behind, what are the thought, thoughts behind yeah. it, why it is the restaurant as it is, and blah, 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 a little bit more like I've been doing in this one. It's also what I find interesting as a story to tell, and I think that that's what can interest people in reading. And I prefer making a book that is less, because this was difficult, no? Like, you imagine what it takes to convince a publisher to- Well,
1: who's to your publisher on? I was Okay, yeah. yeah. But oh, it's, this it's, is just,
3: well, it's I the mean, cover, the, this one, and the, the
1: photos, little, and that, but it's, it. I mean, it's, in, it's impressive. So, but yeah, you could do one that like matches it or you could do something completely different.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, pr- I prefer more yeah. smaller, more a book you read. Yeah. The pictures are there. Yeah. But do, do you need, do you need pictures? Like the function of a book is, is changing so much in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. five years, last two years. And I, and I think that we are so saturated with pictures and video and live footage of all yeah. things. It's like, do you need a photographer to like do crazy, crazy pictures? I mean, you can, you can. I think you can tone it down. I, yeah,
2: I, I don't think can, it's as necessary. You
1: can keep it, I don't know. I think people appreciate realness and, um, you know, authentic. I yeah. mean, it doesn't have to be picture perfect or like exactly. all you know food styled in like the perfect way but um i mean the thing with my book with chefwise which thank you for contributing it's really amazing mm-hmm. that you're a part of it and just to put this book together but um the book chefwise you don't have to read it cover to cover it's exactly. probably better even if you don't you just pick it up yep. you can look up a specific shaft, or you could just pick it up to any page and read a quote or two and just like yes. let yep. that digest yep. like and yep. be inspired exactly
3: so i think that that's the that's the uh, no. if you, to justify i think the relevance of a book you need to be able to give some level of wisdom i guess that yeah. some people might have or that can be unique to you, which is based on the combination of a million things that happen to you in your life, and then you can give that out, and that can be interesting. And a book is there to be read. I think the the, the shifting through the book, where you look, we look at pictures. I don't I don't think it's relevant anymore. Like, and, and that's how cookbooks used to be, very very picture heavy,
0: yeah.
3: recipe that nobody would read, and then a lot of a lot of pictures that are beautiful, coffee table. But it's like it's... I see it, it's nice, but how relevant is it today?
1: No, I'm, I'm smiling because I remember back in the day, in the 90s, after college, I moved to Chicago, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up going to cooking school there. I did a six-month culinary program, yeah. and I got a job then as a server at Charlie Trotter's okay. because he was hiring front and house, and I had more experience in front and back. But I had Charlie's cookbook. Um, I, I didn't have many cookbooks at the time, but I remember having his book, and looking at the photos of the food and just being fascinated. Like, yeah. how do you do that? And yeah. again, this is like 1997. Yeah. So um, I do think people like looking at photos and photos are very appealing, but it's not its not gonna teach you how to no. make the dish. And you're right, this is now 20 plus years later. Yeah.
3: But I can tell you another thing. When I, I worked in a building in 2006, and when I would come back, from the bully, with the bully cookbooks. Yeah. You had something you could show. You'd be like, oh my God, what is this place? Blah blah blah. Right. That wouldn't happen today. I would bring a cookbook. If I will go work at NOMA.
1: Yeah.
3: And I will come back and I will bring you a, the cookbook of NOMA. It will be all news everybody would see had seen these things it's all out there
1: well because we all have our phones and we all yeah. Instagram and we yeah. all post pictures versus back yeah, yeah, in the day yeah, yeah. to know what a chef's food looked like either they had a, a cookbook yeah. with photos yes. or you went to their restaurant yes. that was the only so, way so you, you would could you would know. bring
3: you would come back from a place that you is like uh, exploring a new uncharted territory you come back and like look at what I yeah. saw and what I found. You're not able to tell the story any longer because everybody would know what that is about with the blink of an eye. If I tell you about a restaurant in in uh, in Chicago, you you would look it up, and within ten minutes you have a, a an idea,
0: mm-hmm.
3: a, a visual idea about yeah. what this place is about. It would not take you ten minutes. And it, I think we need to adapt to, to that, and and understand that what is it that you can offer? Yeah. And I think you just, if you don't go a little bit deeper, it's pointless. And that's why for me, the cookbook where, like who, like who goes and look for a cookbook if you, if you like, oh, I want to make cookies. And you Like you, you Google
1: it.
3: You know what I mean? Like, I think that the, yeah. the, the whole recipe is just it's redundant. It's like it's... Yeah. It's, it's kind of uh, on its on its last uh, to make a living out of making recipes. Ooh. I think well, that must be difficult, no?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, it's cool because you you obviously think out the box. You think about this stuff, and you oh, yeah. you do things your way and a, a new way. You're yeah. a lot of reason, I think, why I would say you've been successful and a leader in the industry. Um, so let's go back a little bit to your background because I know you're from Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, what led you into the, this world of cooking and and becoming a chef, and and then to move to Copenhagen?
3: I didn't make that choice because I came here with my parents. Okay. As, a, as a child. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I moved there as an immigrant child uh, to Denmark.
1: Uh, then, w- when you were how old? Eight. Eight. Okay.
3: In ninety born in 82 so i was here at 90 with my parents and uh, uh, i think going to cooking was kind of returning a little bit to my roots because i come i'm very much connected cooking with uh, with uh, italy in my time background
1: well, I looked up where you're from in Italy. It was Messina. Messina exactly, yeah. And that's a part of is, Sicily. Yes, yes. Um, I've been to Sicily once, and I've been to the East Coast. Uh-huh. I didn't get to Messina, but I've been no to Terramina and oh, yeah, Catania, yeah. and and that was, I think it was 2015. But is it is it a, like a beautiful little coast town, or, or mm, no. well, <laughs> that's everybody, my, in my head? Yeah.
3: Every, everybody, <laughs> that's what I uh, uh, always say when people think, I grew up in uh, uh, in Italy, on Sicily. Then people imagine this family under the olive uh, tree, uh, beautiful, you know, house (laughs) on the countryside. (laughs) Everybody having a good time, eating house-made food from from scratch, and it's just not reality. People are people are people in Italy too, you know. Uh, But it's just a very ordinary town. But I have very clear memories of it, and also. The, what I think is interesting in Italy, at least in Sicily, is that you you have uh, a, a closer connections for more rural times because it's it's not as far away uh, 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 as it is here. Like nobody has, no, nobody my age here has the recollection of uh, grandparents uh, working the land or growing their own food, and so on and so on. While in Sicily, that's much more closer, right? Yeah. I, I literally had, it uh, wasn't my grandfather, because he died young, but my cousin's grandfather on a mule, going up the mountains, growing, like literally being a farmer, self-sustained, and that was it, you know? Like uh, growing uh, uh, tomatoes and aubergines yeah. and beans and blah, blah, blah. blah. Super, super simple lifestyle, wood-fired oven, sourdough bread—all these things. Not out of, you know, it's a slow food uh, ideal. No, out of necessity. And, and I think that that uh, has—it uh, sits in me as a as a, um, a a part of my past. And I think our all all of our past, as in this this time where food was just more important than it is today.
1: Yeah,
3: and and uh, I think that that has uh, very much uh, motivated me to, to 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 cook food and to to be in uh, the restaurant industry because that's kind of where it is uh, uh, that part of it. And I, and I say also, you know, we, we need to be the grandmothers of our day because I was just listening in the radio now. They they made the survey in Denmark. What what kind of uh, food? Uh, would uh, uh, people are making at home today for okay. dinner? What what is the most? And it was uh, one is uh, rye bread, which is here is like the staple, the the lunch staple. You, a slice of rye bread with something on it.
1: Well, yeah, the more board.
3: Yeah, but but that's the way you see it in a restaurant is. By far the most advanced yeah. one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the,
3: the poor man's version would just be, you know, a little pate on it or some eggs on it or, or yeah, <laughs> ham, just cheese, okay, just straight, it. very, very, very yeah. straightforward, okay. no? So, so, that would be first place and then uh, pizza and sandwich as like the three most eaten yeah. dinner foods, right? And the discussion is, you know, people even know how to cook da, 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 da. And, and there was a a, a chef that is uh, quite famous here. He's a bit old and he's a bit conservative and he's a bit it's very old school, but he says, you know, in two generations you lose a craft. It takes two generations where you don't have one person showing the next person how to do a certain thing for it to be gone. And with food and home cooking, that's that's gone a long time ago. And I think in Denmark it's very clear that, you know, people have lost. Most people have lost. The understanding of how to cook a piece of meat, or how to cook a fish, or how to deal with a vegetable, and so on. Then you can go buy some recipes and maybe help you some of the way. But it's it's still it's it's not embedded in people's uh, skill set anymore. And we don't have, particularly in Denmark, that is so advanced as a society in so many levels. You don't have the uh, the housewife or home anybody you know male or female at home cooking food all day doesn't exist so who teaches the next generation how to cook nobody does
1: you do yeah but that's what i mean (laughs) that's
3: that's where you get that's where you 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 can see a level of responsibility between uh, us as chefs that you know we could we could be maybe having something between our hands that is important because we need to keep up this uh, craft you know and culture and uh, yeah. not only for me not only the the cooking part but I see even more uh, at risk is uh, the, the, the sitting around the table part you know where, yeah. where you where you just True. simply uh, appreciate someone cooking for you because that's also going when in America it's it's easy fuck well, way. eat all your meals in a car. And, yeah.
1: When I grew up, um, we had dinner as a family together. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a nightly, it was maybe not every night of the week, but it, well, yeah, it was a part of the thing. You had dinner together at the yeah. end of the day. And I think today, the generation, like people don't do that. Yeah. So, and I think it was pretty common in, to have dinner together and now people are doing their own things. So I think, yes, I, we're I, losing I that as well. I am
3: at, at, at home myself, I, I'm, I'm quite... Uh, strict about it, like I, I want us to eat together. Yeah, I think
1: that's nice.
3: And uh, I think your kids need to grow up, because I think also the table is the it's it's sort of a platform for the family. You know, like if you're not if you're not if you don't gather around the table, where do you gather?
1: Well, you don't.
3: It just becomes yeah. it just becomes so fragmented, and then okay, I have I get up early and I have to do my thing and I go to work and you go to school and it's just these people crossing each other at, at the different times and i don't think that that's a family like if you don't have time where you sit down with each other and don't really have much to do just for a moment it's it's it's, it's not going and it's it's just clear like to me now my uh, i have uh, two kids one is 12 and one is um, New. Uh, two two yeah it's yeah. uh, gonna be two uh, on thursday happy, the, happy almost birthday thank you and they
1: <laughs>
3: but the, the big one is now already having a lot of shit to do um every afternoon you know and it's already like okay well he doesn't he doesn't finish uh his uh, practice at before 6 so he's back at six thirty, and you know the little kid you want to have him to eat maybe actually a little bit earlier so yeah, bigger, how do we yeah, do this schedules. you know Ooh, already there we're starting to see that it, it, it's already complicating things and so yeah I think it's a uh, I just think it's very important and uh, as a restaurant I think we're, we can we can offer something that people uh, otherwise will lose
1: yeah so I agree. Your path, cooking school, and you went to Il and then you worked at Noma as well, mm-hmm. and then you opened Relay. Is yeah. that that kind of how it went down? Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Okay. I in two thousand and six, and then Noma in, from seven, and then uh, Relay was in ten.
1: And I dined there, and I think it was two thousand and seventeen. I remember Relay. sitting, yeah, in the front room, mm-hmm. um, very special and also, when did, am I saying right? Based? Yep, yeah, based. I never know with the yeah. the, the AE combo. Based, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I've been there as well. And here we are at Maribel, which, well talk a little about all of the, these concepts and like how you've changed things up. Was it a pandemic related change?
3: Uh, I think I always say that whatever happens in 2020 had to do with the pandemic. Everything had to do with the pandemic. Right. There's no way around that. But but it wasn't the obvious or, oh, you know, the, the economy, mm, uh, lockdown, th- that was not the thing. I closed Relay and Memphis in 2020 because... Oh
1: yeah, Manfred, I went there too. Yeah. Loved it. Wine bar.
3: So uh, I closed it down because I just simply could see that, okay, we're going into uh, some very crazy times and I need to focus my uh, time uh, in one or the other and I cannot support uh, both and be in both and moving forward uh i think i've kind of done with the with the with the relay and the world's 50 best and mission stars and all that stuff I'm, i don't want to do that anymore so i decided to close down that part of it and stay here and then mirabel here we last year no sorry this year the beginning of this year uh changed it from being mirabel bakery to being mirabel's pizzeria which is more like a a restaurant bistro every all-day restaurant
1: Amazing. Um, well, I've, I've always been a fan of all your places. And do you want to open more? Or are you sort of set? I, th-
3: I think, honestly, that uh, uh, we will go into more troubled times in uh, the next couple of years. I think uh, the restaurant industry has lived its uh, golden, golden age in, yeah. uh, in Copenhagen. And uh, uh, I-, I think uh, it's wise to... So focus on what you have and try and make a, a, a keep a high quality standard and make sure that you are secure that for the future then uh, venturing out and opening more restaurants there is so many restaurants in Copenhagen right now that are i think completely saturated in the market so i think it's about uh, uh, sticking to what we have and, and do well and then i prefer spending more time in, in writing and, and, and doing those things than running around trying to uh, solve problems in one more restaurant.
1: Yeah, well, um, it's very special to be here and to experience all the places you have. And it's good, I think, to transition or to do other new things. So let's talk a little bit about my book, Chef Wise, because yep. you're a contributor. So you're in a bunch of the chapters. You're in leadership, I believe, philosophy, and um, fundamentals. As of today, it doesn't have to be something. Maybe even you contributed to the book. But what would you say is your top advice for, like, a young person maybe thinking of being a chef or getting getting into the industry?
3: I think I think what's key is to to mature to the point where you can you can really put yourself on the other side of the table so to say so you you i I feel that i really grew a lot once i started to understand what i like to eat and what i like to experience more than just what i like to cook or, or, or serve you know so i think once you you get that as a parameter and then you can you can kind of make your own criteria for success you say okay this is what i really like this is what i really enjoy so i can work towards that and if i do that when people like it, that's great. If they don't like it, well, I'm doing what I like to do and I can keep developing on that. I think what a lot of people uh, lack is the courage to find out what it is that they want and they start going for what seems to create a success. And I think if you if you go for what makes the success, you will never create anything unique ever because if you do something that is clearly wanted, also clearly done and if you create something that is not obvious for everybody to want well there's a chance for you to actually uh, find a new path and and um, uh, create something new and original and to me that that is what i find interesting it's not necessarily the best uh, uh business case because i think if you innovate too much then you are ahead of your time and then in the end you don't get paid for it you know you don't you don't get the the um Uh, the benefits you don't reap the benefits Uh, uh, you you go out you create something other people get inspired by you and they do it a a little bit compromising in the right way and they make a greater business out of it than you do I've seen that many many times and that's just what it is but to me what I really find interesting is the way of being ahead of your time the way of, of thinking out of the box and exploring new territory. And that's what I find interesting. And I, I think that that's something you very much can do in cooking and restaurants uh, if you are, uh, if you have the courage to do it. I, I read how, a while back where, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the story of our uh, civilization where you have uh, a farmer would do whatever different and, you know, uh, harvest a higher yield So whatever, they water in this different way and they all of a sudden they get 20% more yield. Let's say we're talking a stone age. Then what does does the neighboring farmer do? They copy that farmer, right? But it's a benefit for everybody that you have 20% more yield. So when you innovate and you have people copying you, you're actually helping develop our uh, common uh, good. And I think that that's uh, uh, something that I find very uh, rewarding to think about. If I've been capable of doing something that inspires other people to do the same, yeah. I've actually contributed to something that is not uh, 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 going straight into my pocket, but it's it's uh, developing and changing things in a direction that apparently is what I wanted because that's what I started uh, doing. No? So yeah, that's my, that's my interest.
1: I love it. Okay, so before I let you go, or we both go, because I got to catch a plane, um, would you like to play my speed round? I have a fun little speed round game I play on my show where I'll name a couple things and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Okay, Okay. so here we go. Eat in at home or eat out at a restaurant? Eat in at home. I had a feeling you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
3: I'm too old and too introverted to be out all the time.
1: How about alfresco dining or indoor dining? Alfresco. Wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or champagne? Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter tipping or all-inclusive charge I don't know if that's a thing here no, uh, people talk about it a lot in the yeah, US yeah I
3: imagine I would say tipping
1: okay um board, I don't know if I say that right or a Copenhagen hot dog biking or any other mode of transportation
3: biking for sure
1: <laughs> it's the way it's the way okay two more cheese plate or dessert
3: uh dessert.
1: And then I do a Manhattan or mm. Brooklyn or Copenhagen.
3: Copenhagen for sure.
1: For sure. Well your parents moved here but you stayed, so
3: <laughs> Well I've traveled I've traveled to different places. Yeah. I've worked in Spain, I've worked in France, blah, blah, blah. and then I've got to travel a lot as a as a as a chef um, on my own and it's like whenever I've traveled away and I've come back I've always liked coming more yeah and I I think that there is no city like this uh, we had a guy trialing in here for a shift and an American and he loved the place but he he hated the city and I'm like wow I don't even know how that's possible I think this is the city is just
1: I I really I love it I mean this is my third time here I will be back I know I'll be back um and yeah, it's um. And actually, the biking culture, I love that too. I mean, I t- I bike in New York. We have a a bike share program, mm-hmm. but our city. I mean, it keeps getting better with bike lanes, but it wasn't designed initially for that. So it's it's kind of crazy biking in Manhattan. Even.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's different. Everybody's biking all the time. Yeah, there, there's no point in not biking. That's that's uh that's the thing. It's uh like I I. I do the car sometimes because I have to bring many things or right. like I have my son I have to bring him in the daycare and for this some logistical issues but if if the sun is shining I will do the cargo bike any anytime yeah I have not seen the
1: sun actually since I've been
3: here it's a, it's a time now. <laughs> so now when it's like most not for me but mostly for 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 him when it's too uh, too cold and too yeah, wet. yes yeah. uh, right. I have like 10 15 minutes bike ride. Uh, so, so I get lazy in a, a, the car, but if it wasn't for him, I would uh, bike all the time. Also, you don't have to park. There's just a liberty with it that I think is fantastic. Wow. Well,
1: it's it's fantastic. I I love visiting. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll move here. Who knows? Who knows? But um, thank you so much. And thank congratulations you. on everything you've achieved. Thank and you. again, thank you for being part of Chef Wise. It's been a real treat. To have you a part of it
2: and to be with you here today. So, thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Welcome back
1: to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer. And today, my guest is Christian F. Puglisi, the chef and founder of the acclaimed restaurants Relais Manfred's, based and Maribel, which is now Maribel Spiceria where we did our interview, and I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed sitting down with Christian and chatting with him in Copenhagen. I'm thrilled he's a part of my book, Chef Wise, and it was a real treat, so thank you, Christian. I will be back, I know I will, and I look forward to seeing you again and come back to your amazing places. Okay, so it's time for my solo dining experience. So this week, it's at Cone, and that's K-O-A-N. It's Cone Restaurant, and guess what? It's in Copenhagen. Here's the rundown. The location, Lenglinikage 52100, Copenhagen, Denmark. I'll tell you more about where it is situated in the city in a second. So the concept—it's a two Michelin star restaurant using Korean flavors and techniques with a set tasting menu based on the best ingredients the Nordic seasons offer. The chef and owner, Christian Baumann, who is in my new book Chef Wise, and he also was my guest on episode two thirteen, which I did in April, two thousand nineteen. The title of that show is On the Road at the 2019 Philly Chef Conference with Mike Troud, Matt Orlando, and Christian Baumann. And Matt Orlando is also in my ChefWise book. And if you want to go back and listen to my interview, please do so. So why did I go? Well, I've met Christian. I met him on a previous trip to Copenhagen when I dined at his restaurant 108 that he had at the time and I had seen him again at the Philly Chef Conference when we did our interview and he's in my book and I was excited to check out his new place. So my experience, so I made a reservation for one, I reached out to Christian and made sure he was gonna be there, I was hoping he was gonna be there when I visited and he was and when I arrived I was warmly greeted by him and his manager Sebastian and his whole team and they just took such lovely care of me. I was seated at a spacious table near the front of the restaurant. It's kind of a a rectangular, triangular space with an open kitchen, and the tables are very spaced out. There's only about, I think about 24, 25 seats, and they only do one seating a night. So it's a very lovely experience where you don't feel rushed at all to enjoy their tasting menu, which is the style of menu that they do. And many of the dishes during my meal were presented by Christian himself, and I was right by the open kitchen as well so I could watch the chef's work Also, not a lot of chefs in the kitchen, a kind of limited staff, but it was so wonderful and perfectly executed. It was really a special experience, and I'm so glad I was able to make it. So what did I get? Well, as I said, so they have a tasting menu. They're over 15 courses. They're small courses, and I did their non-alcoholic drink pairing which was fantastic. And the whole meal was just exquisite. I posted photos already on my at Sherry Bayer account on Instagram, and I will post more at all industry. But some of the dishes I got that were some of my favorite bites were the pepper pork mandu, there was a scallop and seducci, which was just gorgeous. The attention to detail on that dish was incredible. There was langoustine and mac gioli. Definitely not pronouncing that right, but it was fabulous. Uh, ribeye with kimchi and caramelized rice and some of the desserts. There was chestnut and sesame da sic, And all the dishes were Presented on beautiful plateware from a Korean ceramist. I don't know if they came from all the same place, but it's sort of like Automix, where they're using this beautiful plateware to accompany their beautiful food. So I guess I'm jumping ahead to it. My take, it was exquisite from start to finish. And my non alcoholic pairings were. Wonderful. They were gorgeous, first of all, with their different colors. There was one that was goji berry and rose, and another sencha, kombu, basil, and cherville. They were just delicious to go with the food. And the whole experience was wonderful. I stayed a bit after my meal and got to chat with Christian, and we took lots of photos of my book. And it was just really special to be there. So, thank you. So the ambiance, it's a beautiful space. It's minimalistic. It's light beige tones, very high ceiling. It's located in a building on the historic waterfront, which is near the iconic bronze, the Little Mermaid sculpture. So it's not in the main center part of Copenhagen, but it's definitely worth the journey to. And um, just a lovely ambiance. I'd say it's perfect for a special date night or... Special solo dining experience. Interesting tidbit. So Cohen began as two successful pop ups. And one of the spaces that Cohen did their pop up was in Relay, which was Christian Puglisi's former restaurant to tie things together. And Christian Bauman used to work at Relay. And he also used to work at Noma before opening 108. So Everyone is pretty much connected in Copenhagen from what I've gathered over my trips and experiences there. Now, the name Cone is a riddle-like question in Zen Buddhism meant to break boundaries and create an open mind. And the restaurant was recently recognized by the world's 50 best on its 50 best discovery list. Okay. So personal fun fact. So while I was in Copenhagen, of course, I dined around as much and as best as I could. Other restaurants I went to, I went back to Noma. I had been there once before for their vegetable season. This time I got to experience their game and forest season. This is of course, Renee Redzepi's restaurant, three Michelin stars. And I had fabulous experience there, and I got to see Renee. I also went to Cadeau, which is two Michelin stars, and I loved that experience. As I did also Jatak, which is one Michelin. I really had amazing meals while I was in Copenhagen. I also went to Poppel which comes from former team members of NOMA, and it's in the former space of 108, once again, to tie things together. And I had schmorbord at Aman's 1921. And I went to Bobek's new place, Bobeck. It's fantastic. And he was my guest on episode 174, which we did in April 2017 in person at our studio in the backyard of Roberta's. And that was really special. And it was so great to see him. And I had an extraordinary meal there with some friends. And we were at the chef's table in the kitchen, which was super special. So thank you, Bo. Also in Copenhagen, of course, I had lots of coffee and pastries. I went to Prologue, Copenhagen Coffee Lab, Heart Baggery, Coffee Collective, as I mentioned earlier, Mirabelle Spiceria. And where else did I hit? Original Coffee, Orsa. And I went to Christian Baumann's modern casual Korean eatery, which is called Juju. And I went there with my good friend, Marissa Lippert, who's a chef who's currently living in Copenhagen. And I also went to her restaurant that she's at, Valette, and I had a terrific dinner there. So thank you to all the chefs and restaurants for your amazing hospitality. I really loved all of my dining experiences, and look forward to returning. Okay, so the cost of my meal at Cohen was in DK, or Danish crone, $3,050, which in the U.S. is over $400. Yes, I know, it is a lot to spend on a meal. It was a splurge, and it was worth it for me. And I'm thankful to Christian and his team as well, because they did comp my beverage pairing. So thank you so much. I'm very grateful for that and just for your hospitality in general. Would I go back? Yes. Very special experience and congratulations to Christian and his entire team and look forward to following along your journey and hopefully returning. Their website is coencph.dk and Instagram at Cone CPH, and at Christian Bauman. And Christian spells his name with a K, and Christian Puglisi spells his name with a C. So there you go. Same name, but different. Okay, so that's the show. Thank you so much to Christian F. Puglisi, the chef and founder of the acclaimed restaurants Relay, Manfred's, based and Maribel, which is now Maribel's Pizzeria, where we did our interview on location and you can check out more about his restaurants at mirabel spizzeriadk and at based.dk those are their websites and on instagram at c-h-r-i-f-a-p-u-g that's christian's handle and at base CPH, and that's B-A-E-S-T-C-P-H, and at Maribel underscore Spiceria, and that's M-I-R-A-B-E-L-L-E underscore S-P-I-S-E-R-A. Thank you, Christian and Christian, for being a part of my Chef Wise book, and Matt Orlando, formerly of Amas, which I've dined at, twice on my past trips it is now closed and Matt was not in Copenhagen while I was there but I believe he's working on a project with Will Goldfarb who has room for dessert in Bali and I've been there too and Will is also in my book and so it's nice to see that they're collaborating And I believe they're working in something in Singapore which is super cool so thank you all And again, thank you to Christian F. Puglisi for your hospitality and taking the time to chat with me. It was a true pleasure, and I wish you much continued success. And to all the chefs, wishing you all the best. Okay, for me, you can follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, and at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites, BayerPublicRelations.com, dot com, dot com, and industry dot com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageNewNetwork dot org. We are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Check out my new book, Chef Wise: Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World by Fiden. Now available wherever books are sold. And on that note, I also have to say I stopped by two bookstores in Copenhagen. Paletikens Bogen is the first, and their sister bookstore which is Paludan, Bog, and Cafe. And they had copies of Chef Wise, and they were excited to see me as I was excited that they were carrying my book, and I signed copies. And it is so cool to travel around the world and go into a bookstore and have my book there. It is so surreal for me. And I'm just grateful. So thank you. And thank you to everyone out there for your support. I hope anyone who's picked up a copy is enjoying it as much as I did in putting it together. Thanks to my engineer today, Armin. Thanks again to Christian and Christian. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer. I will be back next week with a new show. Hope you'll tune in then. And thank you, as always, for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.